Unusually Awesome Episode 180. 180, you guys. This one is a very interesting one. Joshua Rofe, uh, director, producer, who was on the show, uh, I'd say about a year ago, um, promoting a documentary, is back with another documentary, Swift Current. It's about... uh, a hockey coach in Canada who abuses a boy. Uh, that boy grows up to be a professional NHL player. He comes out, talks about his abuse, and it goes on from there. We're not going to get into too much detail in the intro. It's a powerful, moving documentary, a very important one uh, to see. It's It can be heavy. It's very serious. We, we talk about it in the episode in more detail, which is why we're not going to get into a lot here, but it's uh, heavy, very moving, and has a an inspirational message and uh, uplifting ending. It's it's great. That's all I can really say. It's available on iTunes right now. It's definitely worth worth checking out. Uh, Josh is a great guy, super passionate about his work, which is always always makes for a great conversation on our podcast and any podcast. So, without any further ado, we give you this episode, Swift Current with Joshua Fay. Enjoy. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome oh, back. Thank you. Um, <laughs> We're just picking up where we left off two years ago. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll do our intro later. That's why I just started with welcome back. You're like, wait, are we on? Um, so, we watched the movie. Yeah. Um, before the documentary. I watched it a long time ago, but you watched it yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Kevin did the poster. I did. That's true. Oh. Did I see the poster? I did not see the poster. I just saw the no, trailer and then a, I watched it immediately. There wouldn't be a link to the poster, I don't think. Okay. Well, that's cool. It's did. on the iTunes. Thing. Oh, cool. It's, yes. Um, yeah. I did it. <laughs> well, I'm going to fucking, <laughs> You're I'm a man fucking look it up right now. I think it's my first. That's the first movie poster I've ever done. Really? Yeah. I've never done a movie poster. Ever. That's awesome. Finally had my computer skills sort of have now met up to where I can put types next to an image. <laughs> sort of have met up. But to I, that. I wish I could see the people's faces with the, the the frustration they must feel asking me for very simple things mm-hmm. that anyone who knows how to make things knows how to do. They're like, do you have the file in this format? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And they must just be like, oh, that's what cool. Do you, what do you mean? You don't know what that is. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know what stuff is either. <laughs> but you draw. That cannot be anywhere near well. true. To make a documentary, you gotta know what so much stuff is. <laughs> you gotta pick a subject and then be like, I'm gonna learn all this stuff. Do you just need a really this. smart director of photography? <laughs> no, I, I mean, technically, I, I, I'm not proficient at all. Right. But you, you, know, you don't you, know like lenses and stuff? No, I mean, of course, but I'm not. Uh, Closer. There Closer. You go. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> But I, I cannot, uh, if something goes wrong with a camera, I'd be fucked if it was up to me. I, I guess we're not making a movie anymore. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so my first question, because yes. uh, you came on um, the first time and did... Um, came on the scene. and <laughs> No, uh, on the podcast with Lost for Life, documentary yes. on youth yes. in prison. And now you're... Uh, you're you're doing um you direct you directed or produced and directed or just directed yeah directed and okay. produced yeah Swift Current which is about so Swift Current is about um I'll 
I'll give you the the good uh, a little bit more in depth. Okay, yeah, yeah. For, than just like a one liner. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. For yeah. Totally for the listeners. So uh, basically, in Canada, there's a league for the best teenage hockey players in the world, mm-hmm. and it's called Major Junior Hockey, and it's the feeding system for the NHL draft, essentially. And in Western Canada, there's a town called Swift Current, and December 30th, 1986, this the uh, this team, the Swift Current Broncos, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids, they got on the team bus after a game to drive overnight where they would play in a town a few hours away. The bus uh, it hit a patch of black ice, and it flipped over, and four kids were killed in the accident. As you can imagine, the whole country was devastated. It's like if a Little League World Series team had that happen in the U.S. So team ownership came to the coach and basically said, just tell us what we need to provide for the kids in order to help them get through this. Counselors, therapists, whatever it is, we'll we'll, we'll take care of it. And the coach said, listen, I spoke to the guys and they don't want any outsiders. They just want to get through it amongst themselves as a group. Typical archaic hockey thinking, ownership said okay. And the reason the coach had said that is because he had been molesting some of these kids since they were 12 and 13 years old. And he knew that it was going to, it would come out. Yeah, if, therapy, if a therapist, uh, you know, uh, started talking to them. So this, uh, this basically is, uh, the, that's the setup for it. And one of his main victims was, uh, a kid on the team who was one of the best players on the team named Sheldon Kennedy, who would go on to play in the NHL for eight seasons. And, uh, he, you know, he was basically living with this secret that this man who was literally on the cover of the hockey news as hockey's man of the year, um, had abused him and, you know, God knows how many other kids for, you know, for a long time. And so we tell, uh, we tell Sheldon's story and, we sort of jump back and forth in terms of uh, chronology and um, points in his life. And one of the things that he does today is he, he goes around, uh, I mean, all over the world, really, but ma- mainly North America. And he just, you know, he tells his story. Um, and he was at a, a college, a small college, about an hour outside of Toronto. And he did what he always does. He tells his story and then opens it up for a Q and a with the, uh, with the kids after. And these two individuals, tw- you know, 21, 22 year old kids, uh, a young lady and a young, and a young guy, um, totally independent of each other, microphone in hand on camera in front of, you know, two, 300 members of the student body disclosed the sexual abuse that they had suffered as kids um, and asked Sheldon for help. And so I tell their stories parallel to his. And, you know, ultimately what the film is about is the long-term effects of uh, sexual abuse trauma. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks think probably that the hardest thing is to come forward and disclose that this, yeah. that this thing has happened to you. Um, but really that's, I mean that like is not even that's barely the beginning of uh of what a person's going to have to endure. Yeah. That's what I f- kind of struck me watching it is 
the it's I think it must be hard to sustain people's who haven't gone through it to sustain their willingness to care for that long a period of time. You're like, no, these people it affects their lives for ever and ever and ever, and it takes them such a long period of time to work through this kind of trauma that it's like people's and and it's such it starts with such a horrific event that people don't want to think about as is that then to be like no not only do we have to think about this now but we have to keep thinking about it and like figuring out ways to help these people for long into their adult lives like it's not a thing you're like okay you'll get a counselor in your teens and they'll figure this out it's like it affects them for long long into their adulthood you, I mean, you could literally think of it one way to, and again, I, I preface this by saying I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert, but I, I, I learned a lot from talking to a lot of doctors and experts and, and, and people who are survivors. Um, it's like brain damage, essentially. You know? uh-huh. There's this thing that happens where when you experience trauma, there's a chemical that's released in your brain called toxic stress. Toxic stress, uh, it breaks the neural pathways in your brain. Neural pathways are, you know, left to right side of the brain or vice versa. So toxic stress gets released in your brain when you're experiencing something traumatic. The younger you are, the more profound its effects. And then you now move forward for the rest of your life with those broken neural pathways. They don't just miraculously, uh, you know, get fixed or you don't just all of a sudden just grow new ones out out of nowhere. And so, you know, listen, the bottom line is a conservative estimate is that one in four people have been sexually abused. Yeah. So, um, you know, people listening to this would probably say, I don't fucking know anybody who's been sexually abused or I just know one person who was. And the truth is, I know 89 people. Yeah. One in four people have been sexually abused. Very few people, um, you know, when you really look at the numbers, ever end up coming forward uh, or ever told tell you that this is what happened to them and so you know i mean this is an issue that uh it, it when i say it affects everybody i, I mean it affects everybody there's not yeah. a, there's not a single person listening to this um or on your you know your facebook friends list or whatever the hell it is that um is not constantly in contact with somebody whose life, uh, you know, hasn't been affected by whether it's sexual abuse or, um, you know, some sort of severe childhood trauma. Yeah. I've heard that when it comes to trauma, that that, that what you're saying, the toxic stress, then you're, you're, what it does is essentially suspends that person's like kind of mental growth at the age in which it happened. So you've, or their ability to, I think it's like, not their whole brain, like they're not a nine-year-old forever, but like their emotional, the way they react emotionally to things is suspended at that particular age. I've I, I've heard similar things. I mean, I, I can't yeah. confirm that from a, a medical standpoint, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, the way I would, I, I would maybe try to explain it is, you know, you know how you have something in your life that sort of it like lights you up in a negative way right. um, and you can look back and you, you were 15 years old, you were 25, you were 30 or whatever. And you can look at different situations where you had the same kind of shitty feeling that can be transplanted in those. And 
does, am I make does that make any sense? Yeah. Like like where you think like fuck I can't believe I feel this again. Yeah. You know I th- I thought I I thought when I was thirty I wouldn't have this feeling that I had. Yeah. Like in eighth grade, like at that party or whatever it yeah. is. You know what no, I'm saying? No, I, I still get like totally butt hurt in the exact same way. <laughs> As a like almost forty year old person, and you're like, wow, I'm still, I can't believe that still hurts my feelings in the exact same way. On like a very surface, like one dimensional like level, it's it's you could compare it to like for anyone who's never been, you know, abused in that way. Like if you get bit by a dog when you're like seven, and then you have like a irrational or what seems to other people irrational fear of dogs like when just when they walk by exactly and some a bystander could be like that's a fucking yorkie it's not gonna do anything yeah. to you but you had this weird traumatic event that you didn't know how to explain or rationalize or deal with and then you you know you never sit there and like talk about it with people you just know that dogs are bad people could tell you that they're not and there's always some part of you that's always gonna think what if that comes to get me again no Jesus Trejo one of our guests he's Oh, he was yeah, attacked yeah. by a dog when he was a kid. Yeah. He's what, six two, six foot three? He's yeah, a tall probably dude. thirty years old. We'll he, run out of a room. He if came a dog. here to be on the podcast and wouldn't walk in because Mr. Willis was barking at the door. Yeah. Right. Who weighs fifteen pounds. He's like, Yeah, uh, no no man, I'm like afraid for real. Yeah. And like you've met my dogs, they're yeah. not but, yeah. and you're like, Oh, you this is a real thing. You're super afraid of dogs and you totally get it. Like I totally yeah. get it. It's a visceral reaction that, you know. It's centered in, there's a part of the brain called the amygdala, yeah. which is essentially, you can think of it as, you probably heard somebody say, you know, your reptilian brain, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's where fight or flight mm-hmm. uh, resides. And people who have experienced trauma, they have more activation in the amygdala. It's it's in the movie briefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't go into a, like a lot of, you know, expert talking head stuff in, in the film. It's more of a... Uh, what we hope is a you know a visceral representation from people who have survived themselves. Yeah. But um, but that is one thing that's in the film that you know that's that's very specific and it's uh, you cannot outthink your brain if it is uh, if it's been traumatized in a in a specific way. It's become like rewired to act. The, you just explained it better than I did this whole time. Certain it, literally, your brain is rewired. It's like drug addiction. Your brain is yeah. completely rewired by the event. Now imagine if that happens to you over and over again. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, there, there, this uh, this young girl in the film, her name's Mickey. I mean, she was sexually abused by her father from I think it was seven to twelve. Yeah, and so, I mean, if how on earth is she supposed to you know move through life feeling safe anywhere if she was not safe in the one place you should be safe which is your home yeah with your parents with your who parents. are supposed to protect you yeah and, exactly yeah. so and you know she i mean she's incredibly brave and um you know as you saw in the film she it's uh i mean it's just it it, it goes with you everywhere yeah you carry it uh in 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 a lot of different um in a lot of different ways that you don't even realize so without getting too into it so i was like uh you know molested when I was a kid and not to the degree that uh, people that are usually profiled in in documentaries have but like I watch this thing seeing like I'm like oh yeah I think that or I've done that or I've but some people that have either seen in that documentary or like had conversations with you know um, have issues on a much deeper 
level that like they aren't aware of for years or there's things you like completely block out like when I look back I'm 34 now when I look back to like my early 20s or teen years or whatever I go oh that's why I was like that like you don't even understand really you just like know that you are you know angry at certain things or you have like issues with certain types of people or like commit like a big one would be relationships like in trust like there's like all kinds of crazy psychological stuff at work with like your relationships with people. Um, and, um, and I saw a lot of that in, in, in those people, not to compare their, you know, what they went through or or, or anything. you, You can though. And I mean it, listen, no, no kid, no human. Right. Should ever, um, should ever have to experience any degree oh, yeah, of, totally. of being, you know, violated and made to feel unsafe. Um, whether it's whatever degree you're talking about or things that are, you know, God forbid, much, let's just, you know, quote unquote, much worse, right? Yeah. It's, uh, man, you still have this fragile, when I say you, I don't just mean you, obviously, but, sure. you know, it's like you have, a kid has this fragile brain that's still developing and now um safety as they know it has been just fucking ripped from them yeah it's like it 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 like um gives you this level of like confusion over what like roles people have in your life you know because a lot of these things happen with like authority figures you know it'd be like teachers and coaches and priests and all these things where you're like oh that's what that's supposed to be and then you go wait why is it all these all these other things happening that like i've been told shouldn't or your friends yeah. react weird to you know and then it warps your sense of um like role playing and so to speak not in that way obviously but like um and it's hard to get through so like what i found really um like refreshing and important in in the documentary was how a foundation was started for this exact thing for people to like come forward and talk about this sort of stuff and cuz i think like personally like the and i think it was covered in in the movie that not talking about it at a certain age cuz it happening to you is already going to fuck with you psychologically whether you want it to or or not it's gonna happen but i think what ends up making people like people get into like drugs and alcohol and all these different things because they never talk about it and then keeping it bottled in like you you need to find other ways to like you know let the pain out or cry for help without actually saying it so like the cutting everyone had a cutting thing yeah so like all these like similarities people have and then drugs and alcohol obviously is like a huge one, you know? And I think like the younger you can like discuss those things with like people, family, friends and family, like it turns out is one that people will just go, la la la, it didn't happen. Like Mickey, totally. M- Mickey's story where yeah. everything kind of went back to normal. Like the level of denial that other people go through yeah. is like, it's like that, that didn't happen. Like you can just, as if it, you watched a movie and then you're like, that was all fiction. Right. Let's go on with life as, as, as planned. But, um, talking about it at a young age seemed like a very important thing. So like, this is a very heavy film. So for everyone listening, like, you know, it, it's heavy, but the subject matter is like very important and I'm glad people like you do these things. Thanks. Man. And, the ending was very 
like it was it was a happy ending for you know a movie that a documentary I keep saying movie no, but fine. a documentary where you know people's lives are not that happy and he even says it in the film he goes like we're not going to have normal lives ever it's not going to happen we're not going to be like the other person the same way with people that have like you know drinking problems and such you're never going to walk into a bar and be like I can have one and go home you know totally. or smoke a little bit of pot or whatever but right. having a place where people can go to and talk about these things because like never saying it never talking about it and thinking that you're the only one like having someone else to like communicate with these things like would probably lessen someone's desire to do destructive things to themselves you know like if you were to be to discuss like how a priest molested you at 12 at the age of like say 12 and a half or 13 you probably your teen years would probably be that much healthier you know never normal but like I, I started like to cry a little bit when they when they named the center after him. Mm-hmm. Like that was like because his journey, you know, like he went through so much, like just pain and struggle, you know. And then even in the NHL, like you watch this guy, like he probably didn't fucking enjoy being a professional hockey player. He he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he I mean, Sheldon, he talks about um, at this point. I don't even. I, we've been buddies now since I started making the film. You know? Right. And so, I mean, I almost don't even, what's in the film and what's not in the film, just conversations kind of blur at this sure, point. Yeah. But, but he, you know, he associated hockey with being sexually abused. Right. You know? It was like, here's this coach yeah. who was revered uh, in such a major way who seemingly held you know his hopes and dreams in his in his hands um that's who that's who was abusing him you know and so hockey it's like that guy you know he made it to the nhl drunk and yeah and on coke you know yeah um angry scared paranoid all yeah. that stuff it's uh i mean one of the things he says really early in the film which i which i also thought was was pretty amazing was what you know he says he wishes that he uh felt during his playing days the way he feels today right um, yeah you know and uh he told me that once that i mean just sort of even away from the cameras just that he you know he he looks back and he feels like had this gone differently you know he's like man i could have been one of those guys playing till i'm 40 years old you right, know? Yeah. Um, because i mean he's still he's i think sheldon's about 44 or 45 the guy to see him yeah work out now is i mean he is an animal right it's insane yeah Yeah. you're like it's like dude are you 25 years old it's crazy to become a professional hockey player in canada Uh, yeah like you were you're not like that guy's pretty good at hockey (laughs) like you've beaten just everybody Well, well i mean really i mean professional sports it's like you're up against everybody in the on earth the world yeah so, like if you right, get to right, the right. nhl you yeah. beat russia you beat all of scandinavia like all of america like you're one of those people you're just a yeah, super person you're beyond exceptional yeah it's not yeah. a normal thing i love your explanation of beating individual countries <laughs> well, kind of kevin has kevin knows nothing about hockey <laughs> <laughs> yeah Zero. i mean you beat out like all the guys in your age yeah. group from those places sure or, or yeah. the best guys from those age group you know yeah i mean right. it's the best guys from 
yeah. all over the world, that's who ends up in in those leagues. Um, yeah, you're a rare case. No but yeah, what. I mean, even like I not like. Even like when you imagine when you watch any sport, and you see like a guy sitting on a bench, and you're like, the "Guy's not good enough to start." Like that guy's still better than everyone we've ever met. Yeah, that guy's better. If any he's sport. not, if he's on the team but doesn't play, he's better at that than I am at everything I've ever in, tried in the world. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah. He, he's he's like top seven hundred on Earth. Yeah, yeah, on Earth, and you're like, "Oh, look at that idiot on yeah. the bench, yeah. sucker!" Meanwhile, you put him on a basketball court with all of us. You're like, "That guy's made of magic." Oh yeah, if he played <laughs> any sport, you'd be like, "Yeah, I started." playing golf yesterday it's like did you just hit the ball a thousand yards like yeah I don't know whatever yeah they're just like a different style they're a different breed yeah, of they're human being differently. yeah uh-huh. what do you I I think an interesting part of the film masculinity plays an interesting role in the film yeah and just how it relates to the shame the shame of because I think shame plays such a, a huge role in people's ability to come forward and and then how they compartmentalize it within their own minds and then the masculinity of where it happens especially in reference to sports is very fascinating to me that that was i think played such a huge role in the amount of not coming forward you saw with a lot of those guys Mm -hmm. that it's just it it are people going especially back then this isn't now this is the 80s and 90s like are people going to say i'm gay or, you know, it, it's youth hockey. It's not. It His wasn't coach those, told him that. Yeah. His coach would threaten him. So, so you have this kid. At this point, he's like 16 years old. Clearly on track to to make it to the NHL. Um, absolutely tearing up the, uh, you know, the junior league that he's in. And his coach has been molesting him since he's 12 years old. And he's and he and all along the way, he threatens him. With this, um, you know, with this this thing that he's holding over his head of, I'm going to tell everybody that you're gay. Yeah. You know, and listen, 1986, 1987, 1988. Yeah. In uh, in Western Canada, in Saskatchewan. Yeah. In hockey. In hockey. You know, um, that kid thinks that that would be the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, that speaks to how far society has come oh, yeah, since yeah. then on countless levels. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a new doc that I'm making. I, I, I won't get into it, um, what it's about, but, but there's a guy in it who, uh, he's in his late 40s now. He's, you know, an out, you know, gay man who was sexually abused when he was a kid and he he spoke about how how unbelievably confusing that was um to you know get a little bit older and be doing the same things with you know guys his own age yeah that a man did to him when he was 11 years old Mm -hmm. and how 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 unbelievable! How confusing and blurry that line is yeah. when you don't understand. You know what I mean? It's uh, so whether a person is gay or straight, um, there's uh, everything's confusing. There's so much shame around sex to begin with. Exactly. Not even abusive sex, just sex in general. Totally. That it. I think you feel for even the parents of the kids and just everyone around, except for the person doing the abusing. Where like. The kind of confusion 
and just not knowing what to do. I mean, you also feel for the people doing the abusing because they're sick people. Yeah. Like, to someone that is, like, is preying on children, you know, that's not just some fucking, ha, I'm a pervert, you yeah. know, that, like, that guy has, you know, a problem. Like, you, that's not, like... Something in his wiring went wrong when he was a kid. When you, you know, look so, at the amount of premeditation, you're like, you are fucking broken, dude. Yeah, it's like it, it, you could probably just keep going back generation after generation, yeah. you know, and, and think like... Abusers were always abused. Right. You, you know? Um, and... Like that guy is, you know... I'm sure there's somebody who... I mean, people who are, who are abused don't always become abusers, sure, obviously. Yeah. I think that's a much, I mean, it's clear that's a very yeah. small number, yeah. but people who are abusers, they, they were abused. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even if, and I'm sure someone could say, oh, I, you know, there's this guy who wasn't sexually abused. Well, his mother or father, you know, or somebody just did something that traumatized him to no end, you know? Yeah. Um, and you're usually getting it from the source. You know, someone can go like, well, I was never abused, but like some, some people's, you know, your brain can do a lot to block a lot of that stuff out. Oh man. And if it happened at two, three or four, like what else do you remember from age three? Yeah. Nothing. 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 You know, like that stuff happens before you're kind of. Even it, I don't remember shit from like pre 11. Right. Yeah. yeah. We filmed with this woman. Um, it didn't make it into the film. She's absolutely incredible. Uh, her name is Marilyn Murray. I forget the name of the book that she wrote, but you can you can look her up. Look it up right she, now. She um, she brought when the Iron Curtain fell in the former Soviet Union. She brought trauma therapy over there. Oh wow! And I mean, you want to talk about traumatized people? Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, Marilyn's story is essentially she was one of the most successful. Uh, uh, female art dealers in in the U.S. She was in her early to mid forties. She was happily married. She had kids. I mean, she was her life was amazing, and she had a nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. and she and she was institutionalized. And what came out during you know during her you know the therapy uh, sessions while she was in there, she was sexually abused when she was about six years old, mm-hmm. and she had literally blocked it out uh. for forty years. You know. Um, and the abuse had taken place in the winter, and she was thrown down onto the snow when it happened. And for forty years, I mean, when winter was coming, when the when the weather would get cold, she would get sick like clockwork. Right. Not the way you know you catch a cold or something. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, like her, depression. Her, her body was that. her body was was remembering what her. Uh, you know what her mind couldn't. I guess you could yeah. say. Um, yeah. It's 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 real fucked up. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's so, and it seems so such a circular problem that you. It's hard because like the dude, the dude, he 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 gets caught. His punishment isn't that Sheldon's abuser. Yeah, yeah. His name's Graham James. And uh, he's still alive. He's still alive. The punishment infuriated. Guess, guess what? Me. He's free now. This, this, this has changed since we finished the film. Yeah. Uh, he was recently paroled. Right. He was granted full parole. He, uh, uh, that's like fucking insane to me. Yeah. 
the average pedophile if you're if you're to to go to statistics con, you know again conservative statistics would tell you that the average pedophile has 75 victims and then wow. s- some stats will tell you that they have as many as 150 on average yeah there's a woman t- to google um if anybody's interested in this her name is I, i'm almost positive nadine burke harris she's a uh, excuse me dr nadine burke harris she's absolutely uh brilliant she gives an amazing TED talk on uh, childhood trauma, toxic stress, and how child, in her estimation, chi- you know, childhood trauma is essentially the number one public health issue f- facing us as a people because of the effects, the behavioral effects that come after the fact. Health, even health, like yeah, heart issues, yeah, overeating, I mean, yeah. crime, oh, you, you, you drug mean, abuse. Oh, over, I mean, overeating, smoking, drinking, like the whole thing. There's a study. By Dr. Vincent Folletti called the ACE study, ACE, and um, people who suffer from morbid obesity, um, what they found is that a lot of them were sexually abused, and putting on the weight is literally a, a way of putting distance between them and somebody who can hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in terms of health issues, you can very often. Um, draw lines back to childhood trauma that somebody suffered. Right, Things yeah. that you would never even think have anything to do with childhood trauma. Not drug addiction, not not you know suicidal uh, ideations, none of that. Um, Doctor Nadine Burke Harris is great to look up for that. Yeah, I just saved that in my thing. Um, yeah, the amount and forget even like just sexual abuse, like any kind of. Child, like if you come from like a, a home with like you know like a destructive, violent parent or something like that, that sort of thing can like just send you off the rails as a kid in ways you have no idea. I don't know if this is true. I I heard I read this a few years back. I don't remember where, um, but apparently there were there were uh, recent studies that showed that a child who witnesses domestic violence in their house has more toxic stress released in their brain than a kid who's actually, who they themselves are are, are abused. I mean, think about what it calls into question. Your mom and your dad, your mom and your stepdad, you know, whatever the dynamic is there, um, you know, safety and warmth and whatever home is supposed to mean um, is shattered before your very eyes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they're the blueprint for like how to, to, to literally treat other people, loved ones, friends, exactly. like you get where you get all that information. Exactly. How and are you, you think like, oh, I'll scream at my girlfriend when I'm mad because that's what dad used to do. Yeah. How are you supposed to feel safe anywhere if you don't feel sure. safe at home? Yeah. Um, and I mean, we all walk around. It's like, you know, it's like I'm fucked up in my own way. Everybody's, we're all fucked yeah. up in our own ways. Yeah. And it's all a result of, you know, these, these traumatic experiences we had as kids, even if our, even if we were lucky enough to, be in situations where our parents thought they were doing a great job, you know? Um, But, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Well, one of the people profiled in in the doc was, uh, he wasn't abused by a parent. It was a family friend. Right. And it's, you know, so, I mean, the parents weren't even being, I mean, just from what I've seen in in the film, they weren't like bad parents at all. No. I mean, that's the thing. Um, It's usually, it's, it's not the boogeyman, you know what I mean? Right, it's not yeah. like 
the dude in the van with candy. It, right. It, it, it's it. I mean, stranger danger was like a uh, a saying that I guess took flight back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not really what this is. Generally, it's a it's a person who has put in time and effort to gain the trust of the people who are in charge of the child, the grand, the grandparents, the parents, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, and I mean in that specific process, um, I think people are more aware of it these days you know it's called the grooming process right yeah um and you know a pedophile goes through the grooming process and they don't necessarily carry it out because they realize that this 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 kid this kid is not uh one to be victimized you know and so they'll move on you know or that kid has a parent who's Who's too involved? Who's too? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it, this is like not spur of the moment shit. This is it takes meticulous planning. Um, and it seemed that, like that's the that is that's where they get off on it. You know what I'm saying? It's right. it's it's more than just you know the the sexual gratification they get from the abuse. It the uh, you know it it is the the power of knowing that um, that you're in charge that you're. Kind yeah. of orchestrating this whole thing, and there's like a weird level of like reconstructing what happened to them from the other side, totally kind of thing, you know. Totally, there's just so much at work there, but like, but yeah, that that kind of thing. Like, I mean, the, the mental health perspective was the most important thing in the documentary, and that's where everything kind of heads, you know. So when you watch this, like, in, you know, because I watched it, and I was just like, "Fuck, this is intense shit." And then I have yeah. to watch Moonlight at ten thirty. Like I watch both those things in one day. Like I literally had trouble sleeping last night. I'm like, you're gonna need sucks. to cut that with uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there. You know, the light at the end of the tunnel of the silver lining is like there are people that have had traumatic events happen to them who now have dedicated their lives to preventing these things hopefully or at least like bringing awareness you know and if a a former hockey player could come out and be like this happened to me and openly talk about in front of all these students you know like this is how it felt it's okay I cry I feel all the things you're feeling and like there are moments in there I was like this guy's doing amazing things with his life right now Sheldon's incredible it really was I'm like there more people like that need to be Profiled, you know, and and just who's talked the guy about. In, who's the major league base? Um, R. A. Dickey, the the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Are you guys baseball fans? Mm. Uh, he, I know uh, the sport exists. I <laughs> I I want to say my, one of my brothers is a big baseball fan. I'm I'm not though. Um, R. A. Dickey. I think he was a pitcher mm-hmm. for the Let's look it up. Uh, the the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he came forward uh, with his story. He there was, was like just a uh, last week. I think it was. I want to say youth football. Yeah, uh, some four guys came forward and were like, "We've been being, this coach has been molesting people forever." Yeah, and ever, it, ever. it's unbelievable when people. The amount uh, in sports, I think, is going to not get the knowledge of it's going to increase because that seems to be a, a place for these guys to. Go oh, yeah, somewhere where you're surrounded by kids and you're an authority figure. Like, yeah. the, the, there's eventually going to be like a, a, a spotlight for the sports world. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there you eventually know, will be. I remember. Um, it's so funny how you get a little older and you, you sort of uh, 
you, you fall into like for me I mean fall into I I knew this story I wanted to tell this story um, I spent you know a few years of my life making it and then all of a sudden I realized oh yeah there was this fucking counselor in my sleepaway camp who was absolutely a pedophile yeah and he um, he was from England they used to do this program where like they would uh, they would come over to to the states um, mm-hmm. from the UK these you know guys in their 20 men and women in their 20s whatever yeah and uh, you know go live in the US for the summer and be a counselor at a camp and this guy and I, I remember him trying to play this game with me um, and I you know thank thank God I it was like this Little Something's not right. Loudmouth punk from New Jersey. So I was like, get the fuck away from me. But yeah. um, he would put his hand on, and I saw him do this to so many kids. And this is in the midst of grown adults who are in charge of all these kids, right? He'd put his hand on a kid's knee and he'd say, Are you nervous? And he would, and he would keep moving his hand up towards the kid's crotch. Every, every, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Are you nervous? Um, and Whoa. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it was, uh, I mean, I saw it happen at Camp Chippenaw. Um, his name was Peter, his last name was Evans, Peter Evans. Okay, yeah. Dave Trell, who was the head of boys' camp, and you don't have to edit this out, let these yeah. motherfuckers sue me. Um, <laughs> Dave Trell, who was the head of boys' camp, um, you know, this went on in, in his midst under his watch. And um, there was a case uh, that I, I looked up and I found. And this kid, um, a kid named Corey, who was a couple years younger than me, um, this must have been happening while I was there. Uh, he says that Peter Evans sexually abused him. Whoa. And I mean, you could find this. Everything I'm saying, by the way, is public record. New York Daily News. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. whoa. And uh, they eventually settled out of court. So I'm sure by, you know, the camp and Peter Evans and Dave Trell and yeah. all those guys, uh, they would say, oh, it didn't happen. We settled. Uh, yeah. But because um, you always settle when you're innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Innocent people always settle. That's that's a that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> but, um, you know, there I was, man. You yeah. Know, like every other kid just in a situation where there was somebody walking around who was being inappropriate um, with kids and, you know, and nobody did anything. I, and and the counselors used to say, man, they would fucking say, like, you know, watch out for Pete. And they thought really? it was funny, you know, because who, who are these counselors? They're college kids. Yeah. And, and they're in charge of, uh, you know, of, of teenagers and they're in charge of nine-year-old kids and seven-year-old kids. Damn. And it's insane, you know. I sent messages on Facebook actually. Yeah, you showed me some of them. Yeah, to, to, to <laughs> Peter Evans and Dave Trell. Yeah, um, asking them if they, you know, uh, you know, basically telling them this is. I I, t- I I told the Are You Nervous story, you know. Yeah, and you know, called them out on it and uh, said that I spoke to this kid Corey and whatever. And you know, I just wanted to. I just wanted to send them a message and say, do you have anything to say for yourself? You know, yeah. I don't. I don't think they. Of course they wouldn't, and I never heard back from them. But uh, I think that's the approach that we have to take. 
We, you, you have to, especially me as a person who has not been abused, I have, I have to be like, you know, Damn. I have to be uh, overly outspoken mm-hmm. for, for people who were. Yeah, because um, we don't have the, we're not dealing with the shame. We don't have the burden of having to go through it. It's easier for us to be like, fuck that guy. Because we don't probably, we don't have the same visceral reaction that they, that someone who had to go through it did. Right. Like we, you know, we were just like lucky basically. Yep. But yeah, it's so, it's, I don't, I don't know. It, it's very hard. I mean, you know, I've talked about this a little bit. It's, it's hard to not get kind of calloused towards the abusers in that. But what you're saying is true. Like all abusers were abused. But part of you wants to be like, yeah, but you know what, man? It's too late. Like, you, you unfortunately, there are a lot of people that were abused that didn't, and you did, and now what? Like, like this guy who got out, you're like, there's, I, I have a hard time buying he got out and is never going to try to do it again. I mean, in the thing, he leaves, he goes somewhere else. The motherfucker's coaching hockey again. Yeah, yeah. he went, he was just bouncing around the world. Yeah, he went to Spain. Yeah, it's like the yeah. dude. We're back to Swift Current. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Graham James, who abused Sheldon Kennedy, uh, and Theo Fleury, another former NHL player. Yeah. Um, he uh, and several other people, uh, you know, on record. I mean, most have not even, you know, yeah. come forward. But uh, you know what I would say? To, to, listen, I don't have the answers to, to that. I don't think anybody does, really, right. sadly, at this point. But what I would say is, okay, what can we do... Um, what could, it's twofold. One is, what can we do to protect kids who, who this has never happened to? Um, all the kids who are being born every day, all mm-hmm. over the world. All the kids who are you know who are young and innocent, and nobody has violated yet. Yeah, of which there are many, thankfully. Right. Um, and then I would say the other part of this is what if this has happened to you? What can you do? Well, let's start at the beginning. We need to educate children. Um, that this is something that exists and there's there's language that can be used to explain things to a four-year-old and there's language that can be used to explain things to a kid who's in seventh grade and you know part of the problem is a kid doesn't even have words to put to what is being done to them you know they they were not aware that these things even uh exist yeah until the person is doing this thing to them nor do they know that there are things that are wrong. They're exactly. just like, this is a thing that's happening. Exactly. And this adult said it's a fun game slash secret or whatever the fuck their little you know exactly. terminology. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, every single school should uh, should have you know sexual abuse education. Um, and yes, that includes like that includes kindergarten. You know, there there's a uh, there's a way to explain things to you know children of all ages uh that would be you know appropriate for however old they are that that would help protect them and how, right. how could we not do that yeah you know that's fucking crazy actually like it's interesting when you said like there's so many children being born that this hasn't happened to it's like mathematically possible that if if we did it right it could you could stop it it's very or, unlikely or, but it's a possible thing or be you know be minimized yeah you know yeah yeah um, yeah and then the flip side is for everybody who this has happened to, um, and this kind of goes for any sort of trauma. Um, uh, there's there's cognitive behavioral therapy right. that's out there, and there's a the kind of therapy that 
I, I've been, I mean, telling everybody in my life about um, that I actually myself started doing uh, back in July, and it's called EMDR, Eye Movement Directive Reprocessing, and it helps to build new neural pathways. Um, it is, uh, you know, look it up. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It, it is a game changer for people who've had traumatic experiences. It's an, you know, if you were abused as a kid, you have PTSD. Yeah. Period. Any um, kind of trauma you and, have. And there's and there's no shame in that. And there's a ton of people walking around um, who have PTSD. You know? Right. Um, it's like I, I wasn't even abused, but my th- even in just talking to my therapist and just telling her about just, you know, even like the way, you know, yelling went on in my house. Right. You know? Um the way my mom would yell at like my middle brother when we were very young. She's like, Oh yeah, that's, she's like, of course she's like, you have, you know, probably mild PTSD from that, that, you know, a, a seven year old kid witnessing that kind of yelling. Yeah. Shaken to their core. You know? Yeah. I have a, f- a friend of mine. I got into this argument at, um, at this restaurant with like a, you know, different people. And it wasn't even like a loud, crazy. It was just like an argument, but she comes from a home where there was lots of yelling in the family and all stuff. And her reaction at the table was to just like look down and sit still and just not move because she was just like, this reminds me of that. Like it's, it's all coming back and I'm just going to wait. And then she like excused herself and, you know, uh, walked out. And then the next day she was like, She's like, look, that was like, that wasn't that crazy of a thing, but like, I can't handle arguments like that, especially at, in that setting too. It was like a dinner table type thing, and she's like, I just shut down and I couldn't do it. And I was like, that wasn't even that, that like, it was just like an argument. But she came, she had the type of upbringing where like that just like that brought the trauma right back, you know? She be- she became a. A terrified five-year-old, yeah, yeah, at that table through whatever age. It's like the, exactly. and the longer or, or, it lasts, yeah, the worse or younger, it, yeah. whatever you know. It's like sure, it's uh, yeah, man. It's I mean, it's just crazy. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, people don't like they don't emphasize how how important like I mean the mental health thing for like children and even like you know parents like they're because anyone can fucking just decide to have a kid. Like the, you don't need a certificate. You don't need yeah. train. You can just be some dickhead that like it's like I'm gonna bang that chick, not use a condom. Next thing you know, like we're raising a kid. You could be 22. Yeah, you can have so many issues. The last thing you should be doing is having a kid. And then you and this woman who are just like, guess we'll figure it out. Just like stumble your way through like making sure this kid there doesn't was, turn into a monster. Having there a kid a, is having a kid is arguably the least impressive thing <laughs> any humans can do. Yeah. Oh yeah. The act of <laughs> having. Having. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Know, Creating. Raising, the, raising it right, amazing. Oh, yeah. if you yeah. could you know, do that. Having like, it. Being loving and supportive of that child throughout their life, amazing. Yeah. Like, like there's no books on how to have a but kid. But like just having a kid is just yeah. like you will not go to a self-help section and see a book on like how to create a child. Like that's yeah. e- fucking easy. Yeah, you but can do it on accident in your sleep, kind of. Yeah, how to make sure it's yeah, fucking. <laughs> right. There was a great Tumblr called "Why the Fuck Do You Have a Kid?" And right. it was just pictures of people, and you were like, "What?" And they were always like so young looking, and it was like. Why the fuck did you two weird goths have a kid? Right. It's like, come on, guys. Seri- <laughs> come on. <laughs> Why? 
Yeah, you could. I mean, there's just so many people out there creating just fucking um, the next asshole who's going to create another asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's unbelievable. So, but like mental health is like, that's the key. That's like, you know, awareness that these things happen and like, not just like la la lying it out of your mind. Like, or making fun of it. Yeah, you would think that like any anyone who's going to be hired in any position to deal with children needs there needs to be like rigorous interviews and like and psychological like you know tests and 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 like vetting thorough vetting on like you're gonna be in close quarters with no supervision around a bunch of children coaching fucking basketball that's not just any asshole is gonna do that like we need to prove that you're like capable of doing it i taught kids no one's i mean yeah no one What'd you teach? I taught art lessons, but I'd be in a room full of kids under 12 for yeah. an hour. Right. That's not right. You know what's crazy? Or ter- or terrifying? Thinking about how many of those kids had fucked up situations at home. That's what and my, and my much, dad would tell much, me. How much pain they were in. Yeah. You, you know, it's... Uh, my dad would tell me, he goes, don't ever be alone. Because there would be two teachers. Like, don't ever be alone in the room uh, with any of the girl kids. He's like, if the other teacher leaves, leave the room. He's like, because you don't know what's, you never want to, you don't know what a kid has been through and what they'll maybe say when they don't know any better. You just, it's not worth like the risk. Sure. I mean, and that's a, a whole separate other thing. Right. But, yeah. Um, but it, and this speaks to what both of you guys are, are talking about, especially, um, especially what you're saying about, um, you know, vetting, um, I mean, listen, let's say you have, like, if you could have a, a coach, a teacher, or whatever, who, um, if you put their name in a database, nothing's going to come up because right. they never got caught. Yeah. Right. So what's the, what's the thing that you should be doing or we should be doing? Sheldon uh, Kennedy and, and Wayne McNeil, who is his partner in this incredible company called Respect Group, basically what they do is... Their whole thing is empower the bystander. So don't worry about, you know, the coach who we're not going to catch because when you do a background check, nothing comes up. You right. know? That person, sure, they're going to be out there. Um, I don't mean don't worry about them, but we're not, um, we're, we're not helpless because that exists. Um, let's educate everybody around the kids. Yeah. You know, let's. So you want your you want your kid to play this sport. You want your kid to take this art class, whatever it is. You have to take this, uh, you know, this training that right. that educates you about you know abuse, bullying, and harassment. Um, yeah, and, and, or just like, uh, or just like boundaries. You know, it, totally. And and that you know, and you know what that does is it it, it helps the bystander have an idea idea of what to even be aware yeah, of. Yeah, what to look know? for. Yeah. That, that, yeah. The way to know what if a kid describes something in a particular way, you'd be like, oh, wait, that's whereas otherwise you may, it may go right over your head. Yeah. Something simple. Um, yeah. We mentioned it like adult, like kids with young kids. I want to talk about adult babies with you just okay, briefly. Sure. It's like, I mean, it's it's a serious thing too, but it's a little bit sure. of a lighter subject. Wait, can we you, do it? Can we do it? Th- because I wanted to ask you one last thing about please, okay. please. Yeah. the documentaries yeah, and yeah, then get into those, okay. those, those two things. Yeah. Um, 
what is it that drives you to go after these stories like the the youth in prison and 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 this like these very heavy involved um the subject matter like what what compels you because you could do documentaries about flowers if you wanted to you know you could do anything flowers are beautiful right yeah no they are <laughs> um i watched a documentary about fucking grass once you really? know what i mean like that someone out there was like god's got to be covered you know was it good it was all right <laughs> um, i'm trying to get josh to do a documentary about an empty building for like a year and he won't do it <laughs> right so what what <laughs> don't tell them the idea because I say won't. like okay say some people like want to do like say sheldon for example yeah. like dead devoted his life to, to to creating a foundation and empowering people and bringing people because he went through this so you have not been through something like this right. but you have spent in a documentary it's like you make that in a week is a couple of years of your life sure like what what compelled you to go after this i um well, first of all, I, I might not have a good answer. Okay. So, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> but I, um, and this probably, this I don't know why I'm like this, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll tell you a story from when I was in third grade. Sure, yeah. So when I was in third grade, there was some, you know, bullshit uh, play presentation whatever the hell you know they make you do these things like the class is gonna sing songs yeah. and do a thing about the pilgrims for thanksgiving or whatever yeah. it was right and so we were we were doing some thing like that and there was one kid in class named russell who he actually tore uh ligaments in his knee like i don't even remember how but he was on crutches and the teacher um she wouldn't let him sit down during this you know hour and a half rehearsal that we had for this thing um and the kid was dying you know he's like he's he's fucking his knee hurts he's tired he's got the crutches under his yeah. arms and and I, I i couldn't believe how unfair that was and it made me so angry you know and we were on the bus uh like heading back to school and i kind of gathered everybody up in the back and back of the bus and i just said listen when we get back we got to stand up for you know, for Russell, this is bullshit. Yeah. Um, I was <laughs> this third grade <laughs> guys. Listen. Yeah. Third grade. That's awesome. Yes, third grade. Yeah. I, 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 I Here's said, the deal. I said, I said, my I'm name's gonna, Josh. You know me. <laughs> I said, I'm, I said, I'm going to start and then you guys just, you know, join in. Um, but we got, you know, we got to let her know that this isn't right. And then of course I started and nobody joined in. <laughs> so, so what I did just, you do? What did you do? Where you're like, hey, I was screaming at her. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And I told her that I remembered hearing my mother say that uh, she thought this teacher was a very simple woman. <laughs> so, so I t- I told her that. Oh wow! <laughs> like I thought, you know. Oh, but, your poor mother. <laughs> so, but so. Okay, that's a third grader's, like, you know, twisted, uh, misinformed way of uh, seeking justice sure, yeah. for somebody who <laughs> I felt needed it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It comes from that same place. Okay. I just, uh, I, it makes me sick that there's people who get mistreated. Yeah. Um, and totally separate from that. Just being a movie geek, uh-huh. you know what I mean. Um, 
loving a good story. Um, I don't know. Some yeah. of those two things just. So a sense of justice and then obviously a desire to be creative. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, because you could have just been I, a politician and I, be like, I want to seek justice that way. I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you guys were talking about your grade point averages before we started. Or, I mean, I barely graduated high school. I'm yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. But uh, so I don't, I don't know what else I would have done with this. But um, but I, I mean, in knowing you. That's a you, great answer, by the way. Is it? Yeah. 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 What are you talking about? I, like, there was a, a story involved. Yeah. It was like, like, it made sense. It was like, okay. that was a really good answer. I really feel like I gave it. Really but in bad knowing answer. you, you and I, every once in a while, when we talk about, we routinely complain about people we think we find their problems to be total bullshit. Sure. And we have to like sit through them sometimes and listen to them. And right. we're like, you fucking, like, this asshole. Yeah. This What's asshole. an example of that? What just like. Well, Wait, don't expose anybody. Right. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I go to, yeah, I've said this on the podcast, I go to a 12 step program and right. sometimes people will have problems and not only just like you'll hear it one week, they'll have it for weeks. Yeah. And you'll just be like, just buy the fucking car and you're like, you can't. Yeah. It's just, and you, and you find yourself in being like relative to the problems of one could have and it gets frustrating but then over time you're like, look, everyone has their own life and to like, the wor- it's all relative so the worst thing that's happened to you is still the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your entire life now compared yeah. to someone who's had tons and tons of horrific things happen to them mm. it's objectively not as bad but still within your own brain it's the worst thing but it can feel frustrating in a situation where you're like did you not hear the person before you talk about what they were going through and then you come up with this bullshit and you and I both have sometimes complain to each other about yeah. that and I think maybe that's what draws you to do telling, have, trying to tell stories about people that are going through things that are, un, you can't, you can't make the case that they're like, ah, it's not that big a deal. You're like, Jesus, this is a big deal. Generally speaking, I am, I, I feel a pull towards telling stories of people who are marginalized. Right. So whether it's uh, juveniles who are serving life without parole, I want to know how they ended up there. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, and. It, it was in making that film Lost for Life mm-hmm. that I just kind of came face to face with all this childhood trauma that of course led to these violent acts that these sure. kids then committed you know yeah. uh, years later as, as teenagers and so this was uh, making Swift Current I think was an extension of that um, yeah. but, uh, but since then you've got to now do stuff that's like not like a little a little bit different it's lighter fare yeah, a little bit. So yeah, I um this this year I started to have the opportunity to to get into like doc television. Yeah. Um, and there's uh there's a couple great series I'm gonna get to make next year. Um, but uh, two of the things that I did this year were just, was actually a couple episodes of a show that I grew up watching which is MTV True Life players are the best <laughs> I mean I, I grew up loving it yeah and so I, I got to uh, you know I got to direct a couple episodes one was True Life uh, I Want to Fight ISIS uh-huh. and so it's these two guys who independent of the US military want to go and uh, join the Kurdish resistance uh, you know, in Syria and fight against ISIS. Are they just like two American guys? Two American guys. Wow. Um, yeah, these these just these aired like I don't know in October. Right. So this, uh, they're I'm sure they're on MTV.com or yeah. something like that. But um, and then the other one 
which is completely different and of course makes people smile when I say the title. Um, True Life, I'm an Adult Baby. Yeah, let's get into that one. So, <laughs> True Life, I'm an Adult Baby, you know, the first time I heard Adult Baby, I had that reaction also, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. laugh like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but then, you know, you, you go and, and you meet these folks and they're fucking, they have childhoods riddled with sexual abuse. Oh and, yeah, and trauma. Oh, and, over the and they're place. totally um, cognizant of the fact that this is their attempt to reclaim the innocence right. that was stolen from them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now, does it come out, you know, kind of sideways? I guess that depends on your opinion of an adult in a diaper wanting to, you know, role play like that. But uh, that was. That was unbelievable, honestly, <laughs> getting to make that. Yeah. Um, did you encounter like a lot of, um, like interviewing these people, did you encounter the same sort of like seriousness and like kind of like, I guess, and not in a condescending way, but sadness that these people had in their lives in the same way that you, when you were interviewing Mickey and, and what was the... the Graham. Graham was the other uh, kid's name. Um, did you kind of encounter the same thing? Or were these people just so like, it was almost like so bizarre that it was just more entertaining? No, I mean, they, for the adult babies, they, you know, there was this huge part of their life that was built on escapism, rooted in escapism. Yeah. And so, you know, when they, when that was the, they, they literally call it little space when that was the headspace that they're in, Uh um, there was no sadness. They were, I mean, man, it was, whatever had happened prior to them was transcended in that, in that, right. uh, in that moment. But, um, you know, I, if I'm in a supermax prison interviewing somebody who, you know, murdered two people or I'm with an adult baby who's in a onesie playing with their stuffed animal talking in baby voices right i this is probably weird to hear but i i literally i just treated it with the same sort of like dead serious approach right, yeah. um you know i was really um i'm just another schmuck right so i laugh at inopportune times sure yeah like <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm it's like sure i'm a professional at my job but it's uh I'm just a human being, you know? You're also, yeah. in knowing you're fascinated by just behavior. Yeah. No, and the things people, like you, you, the stuff you send me, you text me, is mostly stuff that someone is incredibly enthusiastic about yeah. that you right. and I find sort of dumb. <laughs> or just like, wow, this is your, wow, this is specific. Or yeah. this person is in no way kidding at all. And you're just like, wow. You okay? Like a lot of world star clips. Yes, a lot of world star. And what I like about them is it's extreme behavior. You know, yeah, it's (laughs) it's um, it's fucking crazy to see people behave certain ways. Yeah, um, with reckless abandon. You know. Yeah. But you know, with the adult babies, I I didn't want to laugh at them. I didn't want them to feel like I might laugh at them. Um, they were so unbelievably vulnerable. You know. I'll tell you, some of the most vulnerable behavior I've ever witnessed is somebody telling me exactly how they killed somebody, somebody telling me 
how they were systematically sexually abused, you know? And then a person who's an adult baby, like doing their thing, you know, and with zero self <laughs> I wish you could like, see the look. I was just wondering like face. do they fake cry? Do they cry like babies or do they just try to get themselves to cry? I, I didn't see anybody crying. Okay. I saw somebody throw a fit. Right. You know? Yeah. Um but I just I got to treat them with, you know, th- with the same respect I would treat somebody telling me something dead serious because I I kind of when I'm there I'm stunned that they're willing to be so vulnerable in front of you know some weirdos from LA with a fucking camera and sure, a yeah. mic you know what I mean well, they're not dumb people they know that they're there to be filmed because people Absolute, think they're weird I, you know what's what's interesting is I found that they they wanted to have uh, an opportunity to sort of destigmatize yeah that you know their their lifestyles now realistically do I think that um, that that's the reaction that people will have will people watch a, a you know a true life episode on adult babies and think oh that's you know I thought that was really strange but I don't think that's strange anymore right no you're gonna th- the average person is gonna think it's as weird as they ever thought it was you know yeah but hopefully they'll gain a little bit of uh, insight into the fact that this is a person who experienced you know some sort of trauma as a child and this is this is a manifestation of that well I mean just listening to you talk about them I found myself like like oh they like to act like little babies and I'm like I'm looking at a skateboard deck that I wanted when I was twelve that I rebought at age thirty nine, and while it's not maybe exactly the same, it's not absolutely different. It's the same like I wanted to feel a childlike feeling. Sure, and that's how I did it. Sure, I bought that. Sure, I buy they, stuff like that. They, yeah. Theirs is obviously not rooted in nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, but it's, I don't know. Maybe it, what is? I don't know. I don't know. It's not nostalgia to me. It's like I want. I wanted it. I didn't get it. I want it. It's not like God. That was great. I had it once. I never got that, and I wanted it. That's I mean, you're why. like reclaiming a piece of your past, though. It's like but in never, a nostalgic way. I, like yeah, a, a piece of your past meaning like a thing that you kind of wanted when you were a kid it would be like you had a crush on a girl in high school never got to sleep with her you go back 10 year reunion she's single right. and then you hook up with her like it's like I got a little piece of something I didn't have you should know? have gone to my reunion right yeah it's like it's like everyone has a story like that where yeah. it's like and then she was divorced and we made out and it was great you know or whatever the fuck that's like that people like the adult babies and whatever they're not like I'm not trying to normalize it you know, right. it, it's you know. I don't Please think, don't. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> right. it, it, I mean, you you know, I don't think you make documentaries to try and normalize certain things. You just want to because that for, would be like a bias. Yeah, you just yeah. want to show it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Just you, thing you, you just want to, you want to express. Um, I mean, obviously, there's different kind of docs, you know, and um, but you want to express what that person's uh, life experience is like when you're making a, a sort of first person are any of these people like aware these adult baby uh practitioners what are you going um, i don't know what the hell <laughs> sure sure um are they are they aware that they are probably like this because of yeah childhood they, they abuse spoke to me about it and they were like f- fine not fine with it but are they like yeah i do this adult baby thing but i'm also like in counseling and therapy to like process the you know Yes. Issues that I went through when I was a kid. I'd be pretty... If I was an adult baby, I'd be like, yeah, uh, in order to not abuse people, 
the way I was abused, I dress up like a baby. Pretty proud of it, actually. Like, I'd be borderline stoked on myself. Like, yeah, all I got to do is this, and it keeps me from, like, repeating the cycle. I, I mean, I, but I I don't want to make it seem like that's what they're saying, because they're, they're not, you know? Right. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's really, the humans are increasingly... The just the the way people behave is endlessly fascinating. Totally, just any kind of behavior, even if just the market, like the way I'm fascinated by the way people just are in the checkout line. Where I'm like, how are you like this right now? Versus how that person is like, or the way I feel like I'm like. It's never. It's it's endlessly fascinating. It's crazy. Endlessly. And sorry. All, all any of us are trying to do is like get all these things that we think we want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. You know, and feel like we're loved and appreciated. It's impossible to be a human being, really. You know? Yeah, it's pretty. It can yeah. be pretty hard. It's, like, yeah. it's not. It's 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 not made to work. No. <laughs> yeah, it can be pretty hard. It can be pretty like easy at times because like so much is like is there to help you. You know, sure, like, sure. We, you know, being able to live in a sheltered place. There's all these like animalistic things that are taken care of. Like, God, right. it could be so much worse. But like psychologically, sometimes you're just like, this fucking sucks. I can't figure this out. And that's as a privileged, yeah, relatively well-adjusted. Yeah, having person. the time yeah. to it's, look inward is a privilege. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because all yeah, all the other things are taken care of. But I mean, I mean, at least we have a great president now. So right. it's going to get much better. Yeah, mental health. It's going to. You yeah, can tell they're number gonna, one on the agenda. They're going to put a big push behind sensitivity and mental health. Oh my yeah. god! It's definitely not going to get worse at all. So that's the thing we yeah. can all hold. It'll be to. like a department of mental health, and the secretary is like an adult baby. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, I mean, right. our next president is an adult baby. That's true. <laughs> I feel like the Department of Mental That's Health would just be one person with an electric drill being like, no, we, give, we just give lobotomies. It's yeah. great. We just drill your head out. You got a problem? We'll take care of it. Yeah. I got a Makita no. drill. My um, name's Dave. Yeah. So, so then now, uh, did we settle on when we're going to put the release this? Yeah. Well, this is out. Um, now. No, not now. Well, oh, it's out now because your people are, are, you guys are listening to it. Right, but yeah. it's, um, I don't know the fucking Wrong date. again, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know the exact date. Because um, that's what my phone is for now. My brain doesn't do that anymore. It is the 6th of December. Wait, what's today? Today, today? Real today? Real, yeah. Okay, no, yeah. It's the 6th yeah. of December. So, Swift Current is available on iTunes as of December 2nd. Yes. Uh, so, you can buy it, rent it. Um, where else can they pick it up? iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. Okay, Amazon, okay. Google. Okay, cool. What? Quick question. Yeah. What is Google Play? Google Play is Google's I, I, version of iTunes, basically. Sick. And sick Amazon it. Music has the kind of the same thing. Oh, okay, cool. So, you just basically sign up and you have access to this giant library of podcasts, music, movies, all, all that, all that sort of stuff. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And people are very like, you know, like I only use Google. I only yeah, use yeah. Apple products. So like they eventually like filled the void right. for a long time. It was just iTunes. Um, so cool. Yeah. So if you guys use Google play and you're like, screw you iTunes, you can get it there and you should watch this documentary. It's uh, it was great. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, and if yeah. you haven't watched Lost for Life, it's on Netflix. Yep. Both are heavy. 
You make yeah. heavy documentaries. Which is weird because in real life you're such a giggle pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then uh, where can people... Uh, would you have like a central hub like a, a website or do you use Facebook a lot or Twitter or the, any? I mean I'm on, I'm on Facebook but um, yeah, you don't use it. it as a social like I mean I'm, I'm on Facebook um, just like everybody else but if uh, like, is there a pay, like a public page people can no I'm okay. I, I ain't big time like that <laughs> um, so I ain't shit dog. website I have no website Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, okay. Well, then that does it. Fine. Um, <laughs> fax ma- you have fax what, machine. Fa- <laughs> well, you, <laughs> I have a fax machine. You guys fax? are gonna have to do it old school. You're just gonna have to watch the artist's creation <laughs> yeah. and then just leave them alone. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I mean, no one. The I, way it should be. I, yeah. I don't, <laughs> just have to enjoy the film and let someone live their goddamn really, life. Yeah. yeah. No one. Well, no one. It's not like I'm like a quote unquote somebody. So I don't right. need any of that shit. Right. Right. But just go watch those docs. Yeah. And uh, and be kind to each other. And right. and leave reviews obviously on uh, on iTunes and all that stuff. Those things help; they make a difference. Um, thank you again for being thank on. Thank you guys here. so much. Thanks, Ed. Thank you.